precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. The word of the Lord. Good morning, everyone, and uh, thank you uh, to Randy Berg for reading the scripture this morning for us. I don't know whether it was in the preparation this week or what it was, but I just felt a real need to just say thank you to you today for all that you do for the ministry of this church. Uh, When you come a little bit early on a Sunday morning, you see the different people scattered throughout Uh, our building here, working and serving. And so for all you do, thank you uh, from the bottom of our hearts. I'm so grateful for our staff. I'm so grateful for uh, every one of you who serve in such meaningful ways. So just say thank you this morning. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you this morning for the awesome privilege of uh, being led in worship to your throne this morning and to... Have the joy of expressing our hearts to you and to say thank you to you, Lord, for all that you have done for us. And now I pray that your spirit will help us as we focus on your word. It's precious. Help us to hear it this morning with the clarity of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. A few years ago, a university student by the name of Brandon uh, bought a new bike, uh, motorbike and uh, he was having a lot of fun with it. He was racing down, this is Salt Lake City, uh, the year was 2011, and uh, unexpectedly a car backed out of a parking stall. He was going pretty good clip and he ran into the car. And immediately, both vehicles, the the bike and the car, started on fire. And uh, no one realized the the tragedy of the moment for uh, for a little bit until they realized that Brandon was underneath the BMW. And uh, as he was underneath there, somebody spotted him, and they, they ran to the car. They did everything they could to lift that car up so that Brandon could get out, but he couldn't get out. Uh, and he was badly injured. But then about 12 other people saw what this guy was trying to do, and they rushed to his side, and they all lifted together on the back and sort of got that car up far enough so that someone could go underneath, pull his body out, and just shortly after that, the big explosion occurred. And uh, you stop to think, wow, what would have happened if those people hadn't lifted together in unison. Amazing the power of working together. Amazing the power of putting your shoulder to the task and working together. Sometimes it can be life-saving. The power of together. The power of living together. The power of working together. There's a psalm that Randy just read for us that's really worthy of our time this morning. 
It's Psalm 133. I hope you'll pull your Bibles or your, your smartphones out. And it's short and to the point and very insightful on the power of togetherness or the power of community. So we are continuing on in our core strength series. And uh, we'll conclude with this message with the, last, uh, the second part of the series. The first part is you should love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength. The second part is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And then next week we'll start the third aspect. But thanks to Pastor Quinn for, uh, for leading us last Sunday. He did a wonderful job as he talked about community and the friendship between David and Jonathan and Mikhail. A wonderful message. We have our challenges of living together in North America. And the division and polarization of people in 2017 is absolutely surprising. Was there not a theory somewhere that the world is getting better? That we're getting closer to one another as the, as the size of the world seems to shrink, that, that we actually come closer together? There are a lot of lonely people in our country we have so much today in our world, but we lack togetherness. Even in our churches, whether they're really large mega churches or medium-sized churches or even small churches. I hope it's not true here. But we always run the risk of simply being a collection of strangers that show up at the same place at the same hour once a week and then we kind of just go home and go our separate ways and we forget about what we have together. And we don't want that to be true here. Let's not let that happen. Well, what can we learn from to get about togetherness from Psalm 133. How can we find community? This is, a, this is a great psalm. First of all, the beauty of unity or the beauty of community. Now, depending on what translation you're using, if you're using the King James Version this morning, the psalm begins with a simple word, behold. Behold, uh, which for us would be translated, stop, look, listen, behold, Hey, friends, this is amazing. Behold what? How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. And it is something to behold. I mean, can you think of a better sight anywhere in the world than when God's people are united together and there is a beautiful oneness. You just sense it. There is a beautiful oneness that permeates the landscape. It is a sight to behold. It's beautiful. We just finished a hearing God class. Uh, we just started a new one, but just a couple weeks ago, we finished uh, our, our class, the first class for the fall, and uh, only six weeks long, but it is amazing the community that develops, the togetherness that develops in only six weeks. So on our last evening together, we enjoyed a little celebration. Some candy, which none of us really needed, but uh, we treated ourselves. But the greatest thing wasn't the sweets, but the sweetness of community. And we all said, wow, those weeks went by all too quickly. We didn't want it to end. However, we didn't begin with the idea of developing community. It just kind of happened. 
We began with the idea of growing in our ability to hear God a little bit better, to hear his whispers and his nudges in, in our lives. But it was in the midst of our class, and it was in the midst of listening, and it was in the midst of learning and sharing together that we found ourselves closer to each other. We found ourselves in community. So I want to say that community is a byproduct of living together or serving together or just being together. Verse 1 of Psalm 133, listen to it. How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. There is a sense of community that comes when we live together, when brothers or sisters dwell together. Now, it can happen in different ways. You can develop community when you serve together in the kitchen. Uh, it happens. It happens every week. When you're prepping for, for brunch, in the midst of being together, working together, you discover a community. It happens in the midst of home groups, when you're studying together and you're praying together and you're doing life together and you're talking through issues together. And out of that flows a real sense of community. Gord Downey uh, recently passed away from brain cancer, as you know. It's amazing the community he created in the midst of telling the stories of Canada. Stories from Mistaken Hill all the way to Churchill. He's, he told the stories of Canada. And people were drawn to him through his music. And he put his shoulder behind supporting the indigenous people of our country. Well, years ago, a young man was on his way to Northlands uh, to one of his concerts. And in his youthful enthusiasm, he stood up on the side arm of an escalator. I think it was close to the university. And he was just being a kid. He stood on the side arm of the escalator going up. Well, he got on the escalator. He's standing there. It's fun when it's only three feet off the ground, but it moves up. And it moved up and it moved up and it moved up to 20 feet and he's still standing. And he fell. And he fell 20 feet. And he fell to his death. And uh, it was recommended that the funeral be at West Meadows Baptist Church. I didn't know this young man. And I was the pastor there at the time. Nearly a thousand young adults and family showed up for that funeral. And out of the experience of tragedy, a sense of community was created even at the funeral as the tears flowed and one young adult after another came up and they shared. And a relationship was built with this young man's mother and his father and his sister. And the mom started to come to uh, Twilliger Community Church some years ago. She's a very wonderful, social, outgoing person, person that likes to do things, uh, be involved. And she developed community within this body. And we had the privilege to baptize her because now she had a sense of belonging to a, a larger family. And she believed. Uh, she and her husband have now moved from Edmonton. But it all started... When I think back, it started out of sadness. It started out of doing life together. It started out of, out of crying together and mourning together. And many of us built bonds of friendship and care and community. Community is what happens when you're busy focusing on 
something else, caring for someone else, lending a hand to someone else. Maybe that's a bit of a clue to, as we say, wait for it, wait for it, be about the task of learning and serving and doing life together. And before you know it, community will follow. Community is a byproduct of life together, not just an end in itself. So let me gently say it again. Maybe that's why our efforts to create community fall short. We focus on community rather than on life. We say, what can this group give to me? What can this church offer me? Nobody spoke to me. What community will be mine at this church? And being involved in life as it unfolds before us, the great parts of life, the high moments of life, the hard parts of life, uh, comes out of doing life, doing community together. I think David, who wrote this psalm, uh, experienced disharmony in his own family. Now, that's why he could appreciate this writing what he saw. I think he experienced what disharmony was like in his family, his brothers. Remember when David went to observe the war against Goliath and his brothers gave him a hard time? What are you doing around you? You're just snooping. That's all you're doing. You just want to, you're just curious. And, and David, as you follow his story, had challenges with his kids too. Just like us. It happens in families. It's true for all, for all of us at times. We know when we're in harmony and we know when we're not. And when we are, it's very pleasant. We could write with, with David. And when it's not, it's awkward and it's challenging. And we've seen it for hundreds of years. The church has seen it. Satan's strategy to defeat the church is to somehow divide and conquer. He would love to get in the midst of a church and divide it. Oh, he's a master at it. And he has hundreds and thousands and ideas of how to best do that. He's a master at it. But the enemy is no match for a harmonious church, no matter how small or large that church may be. Satan's uh, ploy and his motive is division. His method is deception and his mission is destruction. He always wants to deceive us so that he can divide us and therefore destroy us. But Satan cannot defeat a united harmonious church because there's no place where he can attack the body. It's all sealed up. There are walls around it. It's protected. Every side is protected in a church that has harmony. Every side, every top, every bottom. Everyone is looking out for one another. They're protecting one another. They're, they're not allowing Satan to get in there and do his divisive work. There is a wall that protects. And even the gates of hell cannot prevail against a church that's united in the Lord Jesus Christ. But one by one... He's looking. He, he's looking to divide us against one another. Any of us. Any of us. So he can pick us off with his fiery darts. His strategy is deception and destruction. But how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. Well, we're all looking for community. 
But we have a reminder here that community is a byproduct. Uh, we were at a very large church last Sunday. Mark and I got away for a bit of a break. And it's easy to walk in and out of this church without talking to anyone because it's very large. But Mark asked someone to take a picture of us, which broke the ice. Might have broke the camera too, but it did break the ice. We had a delightful 10 minutes of discussion with this couple before heading into church. We weren't seeking community. We just needed somebody to take a picture and then they could be on their way. But out of that little task came a wonderful sense of pleasantness with this couple. And uh, as I left the church that day, uh, it just felt good. It just felt good. We had a little connection. It was wonderful. It was a good memory. How do you find community? Maybe it just happens in the coming and going of life. Maybe community just happens when you're not really looking for it. Maybe it just happens when you volunteer and say, I could do that. You need some help over there? I, I could do that. And in the midst of doing that with others, it just comes. You just find community. Look for a place to serve. You'll probably find community. I mean, just stacking the chairs after service together creates community because we're working together and in the midst of working together, there's a sense that we're all working for a common cause. And we are. It's the kingdom. We're building the kingdom together. So look for a place to grow in your connection with Christ and you will brush up against others who want the same thing. They attend here in God's seminar. Uh, but in the midst of that, there's community. They attend refresh or home groups. And in the midst of that, it's like, oh, here comes community. It follows right behind. What about your own family? Feeling a little bit alienated from your family these days? Do you feel a little bit out of the loop or even distant from your family? It happens. It happens as we, as we travel along the journey. Every family kind of gets out of connection with one another from time to time. But maybe it's in serving your family that you find community. Maybe it's in saying, I could do that, that you find community. So the beauty of community, a wonderful sight to behold, how pleasant and wonderful it is when brothers live together in harmony. Oh, and let's not forget the sisters. Brothers and sisters in, in community, in harmony. Secondly, the bond of community. It's a beautiful thing to see unity and harmony in the church. And all too rare, isn't it? Where does this bond come from? Well, suddenly, David, the writer, is telling us about Aaron. And verse 2. And we say, I don't get it. How is harmony as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head that ran down his beard and onto the border of his robe. How is that a precious picture? Well, frame it in your mind. Anointing oil, think generously. Pouring over your head, think a lot of oil flowing down from the head of Aaron, flowing down through his beard and flowing down onto his robe. Can you see it? Harmony is as precious as that. I still don't get it. 
Must be something behind that picture. There is. The oil that David spoke about was the anointing oil that was poured upon Aaron, the high priest of Israel. Aaron, as you know, was the brother of Moses. He was the first high priest. He was the one who initially went into the Holy of Holies and offered sacrifices. And they had to be done correctly or it would cost you your life. It was a huge honor and it was also a huge responsibility. And Aaron was commissioned with the responsibility of entering into the Holy of Holies to offer sacrifices. What an honor. He's going into the Holy of Holies to meet God and to apologize to God on behalf of all of the people and to ask for a cleansing for all of the sins of the nation before God. My uncle had a chance to meet King George, father of Queen Elizabeth. I, that, would, that would be King George VI, right? After, after the Second World War. He said it was the scariest moment of his life to appear before royalty. He was so nervous. Well, imagine Aaron standing before God, the representative of all the people. But before he could enter in, he had to get ready. He would be anointed with this fragrant oil. He was to be uh, enter into God's presence with the odor of with 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 no odor of his own body. Me had to wash up, scrub up, real good. And then he was anointed, so the fragrance of God's spirit would be clinging to him as he went into the holy of holies. And God gave a very special recipe for that oil. It was to be made up of myrrh, cinnamon, cinnamon, cinnamon sweet calamus, and cassia. And that mixture was then blended with olive oil. And so the Lord, isn't it amazing about him? He gives us very specifics in Exodus chapter 30. And the mixture was blended with this olive oil. The Lord gave such specificity of, of uh, each element. And then the Lord gave a warning. He said that this must never be imitated, nor must it ever be substituted. And anyone who tried would be cut off from the people of God. So this is a precious picture. The Aaron is being prepared to enter the Holy of Holies where he would meet with God so God's people could be forgiven and restored. And he would be anointed with oil for that purpose. And so when the oil poured down his head and into his beard and onto his robe, it was a fragrance of God. It was the blessing of God. It was a person prepared to enter into a relationship with God. And he was going in on behalf of the whole nation of, of Israel. So David writes, for harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head. Because he saw the picture. And friends, in the scripture, oil is the symbol of God's spirit. You know that, the Holy Spirit. And so what a picture for us. No longer a need for a high priest like Aaron. Jesus is our high priest. He made provision through the, his death for us to enter into the Holy of Holies once and for all to come right into the presence of God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, you know, these days we're celebrating that 500 years ago, Martin Luther uh, reminded us of the priesthood of the believer. 
that every follower of Christ is a priest, that every follower has access to God and we have communion with God because of Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ ushers us into the presence of the Father through what he has done on the cross. And then Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would always be with us. He would send the Spirit to us. I love the passage this morning in Romans. Romans chapter 8. Was it chapter 8? So every day I have the Holy Spirit in my life. Every day you are blessed with the Holy Spirit in your life if you know Christ. Because when you gave your life to Christ, the Holy Spirit came into your life. And the Holy Spirit is the unique, precious oil that binds us all together. And that oil flows from our head and our heart and our lives. And that that oil flows all over our lives. And he immerses us generously with his oil, the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, in, the picture came to me, it's like one giant shower head that is large enough to cover the world, to cover every follower of Christ in the world. And God opens up the, the tap So the Holy Spirit is poured out on all of us and we are baptized into the body of Christ by the Spirit of God and we are together. We're together. The Holy Spirit binds us together. We used to sing an an old worship song. I don't know if you know it. There's a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, set the captive free. There's a river of life flowing out of me. Anybody ever remember that? Phew. The Holy Spirit is is a fragrant oil in the body. And the Spirit always brings unity, never division. Christ in me, Christ in you, Christ in this brother over here, Christ in this sister over here. Uh, All blended into one body by the gracious unifying work of the Holy Spirit of God. What does it look like from day to day? Galatians 5.22 is the answer. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Oh, what would the world look like if we had that kind of fruit prevalent in the world? Oh, we'd be closer together. There would be peace in this world. What would the church look like if we had this kind of fruit prevalent in every church? We would have peace and oneness and unity and harmony in the church. We would have power. We would reach many people for Christ. The church would be so recognizable in this world today. Unity is something that is produced from within by the Spirit of God. So when you and I walk in the Spirit, when the Holy Spirit dominates our lives, you will quickly notice that there's harmony. It's pleasant, it's precious. So I want to say again today, unity comes from within. It comes from within. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It doesn't come from without. If someone tries to force unity upon us, we don't get unity. We get uniformity. Somebody might be powerful enough to do that, to to, to coerce us to do something. But that doesn't build unity. It brings uniformity and usually only lasts for a season, and then it's gone. Have you ever had a chance to visit the redwoods in in, in Northern California? Aren't they something? You've been there too? (laughs) 
You can drive right through it. There's a road right there. You can drive, and you can see that the, the redwoods are always in groups. Some of them are 300 feet high, over 2,500 years old. I mean, you would think a tree uh, this height would have to have roots that go down very, very deep. The truth is that the redwood has no taproot at all. That's why you will never see a redwood standing alone. They're always in groups. And so the secret of the strength of the redwood is this. For every foot in height, the redwood tree sends its roots not down but out three times that distance. So if a tree is 300 feet tall, its roots go out 900 feet. And those roots of the redwoods are so intertwined that, that one tree is not holding up itself, but every tree is holding up the other. And those trees are, are interlocked together so that there's no way one tree can fall down. It's held up by the strength of the other trees. And that's the power of community. The working of the Holy Spirit in our lives connects us and we're supported by one another because the Holy Spirit resides in us and we are connected. So what's our challenge? Live in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Honor the Spirit in your life. Invite the Holy Spirit to take control of your whole life. And what a network of Holy Spirit connection for all of us. We will help one another. We will root one another. We will connect with one another. We will guide one another. We are strong together in the power of the Holy Spirit. We are harmonious together through the work of the Spirit in our lives. So secondly, the bond of community. And finally, the blessing of community. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting, verse 3. So when you're in northern Israel, around the Sea of Galilee, you have a good photo shot of Mount Hermon, largest mountain in the Middle East. You can see the snow on the top of the mountain. And the dew created by this mountain is amazingly helpful for the farmers in the lower land. Israel, as you know, can be a very hot and dry place, but it is refreshed with the dew. And somehow that mountain has a, has a weather pattern that helps the dew to be produced on the lower level. It's like being in Lima, Peru. Have you ever been there? It never actually rains ever in Lima, Peru. But yet in the morning, you see puddles around the city. And you get up in the morning and you say, did it rain? And people say, no, it didn't rain. They're caused by the mist of the ocean. It just comes in. And, and it keeps a lot of the grass green and refreshed in Lima. And it actually refreshes the city. You actually need your windshield wiper at times. But it's not rain. It's mist from the ocean. The Hebrew farmer was always encouraged by the morning dew. Uh, and I remember being on the farm and having those early morning dews. They aren't as good as an all-out rain, but they are refreshing. They are refreshing. Look what David writes. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. 
Where's the blessing? It's on Mount Zion. I mean, that's where the dew fell, theologically. He's being theological here. That's where the people of God worship, Mount Zion. That was the place of the temple. But for us, where's the blessing? The blessing is at the cross of Jesus. The blessing is knowing the Father through his Son. And when you come to know Jesus, that's where the Lord pronounces his blessing. And it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. So hear well what is being said here. There's harmony where God pronounces his blessing. It's when you and I come to the cross, when we know Christ, and there is a bond that is created, a beautiful harmony where we all stand at the foot of the cross and we're all refreshed by the work of Jesus. And this morning we'll, we have the privilege to gather around the Lord's table and we just stand shoulder to shoulder at the cross of Jesus Christ. I really feel close to you when we are together at the cross. Oh, and community flows out of that. Community flows out of that. We kind of thought that we just didn't know how to get this community thing. We, we thought maybe the secret to finding community was to perfect our methodology. Maybe perfect the music. Maybe perfect the organization at the governance model level. Community is not our primary, primary focus. Our primary focus is the Lord himself. And watch what he does out of that. Our primary focus is the Lord himself. He is the key to community. Community follows. It's the byproduct. So instead of trying to find community, realize that community will follow when you do life together, when you dwell together, when you serve together. Community comes when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and he binds you together in common mission. Community comes when you stand at the foot of the cross together, grateful for Jesus. And the thing that makes a group of Christians a community is the mutual bond that we share in Jesus Christ. We've, we are a community today because we have a common experience of an uncommon grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's the blood that Christ shed on the cross that binds us together. So the beauty of community, the bond of community, and the blessing of community. And this morning, we celebrate the Lord's Supper. It is a reminder that we belong to each other in God's family. We're all part of his family. And we're all connected together because of what he's, what he's done for us. There's a spirit connection among us. So we're going to take two tangibles this morning, the bread and the cup. And they both speak to us of what Jesus has done for us in the giving of his life on the cross. The bread speaks to the brokenness of, of his physical body. And the cup speaks to the shedding of his blood for us. That he took our sins upon himself. And the Lord calls us to continually remember his love and his sacrifice on our behalf. He gave his life out of love for us. So my brothers and sisters, welcome to this table this morning. We ask you to join in this celebration as you judge your own heart. Although we all feel unworthy, there are things that come along in the course of a week, a month since we've last been together, and, and we say, oh Lord, but you come with those and you bring them before him and you bring them before the cross and he, in, in our unworthiness, forgives us. But if in following Jesus, if following Jesus is not your heart at this time in your journey, then just allow the bread and the cup to pass and uh, 
we come this morning just to give thanks. Thanks to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Thanks for the family of God. Thanks for the journey together.